Thank you so much. Thank you. Is this on? Yep. Okay. Good morning. How are you all? One's good and one's fine. That's that's good. Okay. Great to see Andy here this morning. Bless you, Andy. Been missing you. Great to see you there. Praise the Lord. And the rest of you. Good to see Simon and Kate here. They've served in the children's work. Got another family doing that this morning and Great to see you both sitting there this morning. That's lovely. Tanaraz, great to see you. Elizabeth, out there preaching the word. Praise God. It's great what you're doing. As I was sitting there and we were singing that song about that God speaks, I, sort of, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking into my heart saying, don't limit God. Don't limit God. Amen. It's so easy sometimes. Oh, I don't know whether God is going to do that. I don't know. It's, this is too hard. You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't. don't limit God. And if you don't hear anything else, that'll do today. If you carry that. Don't limit him. Amen. He's created so much, hasn't he? And he speaks. God speaks to us. Hallelujah. And he brings changes. That scripture that you brought, Pastor Paul, this morning, beholding him, we are changed. If any of you did your word for today reading and the scriptures, the last verse of that reading was that scripture. Beholding him, we are changed. And I want to talk to you this morning about the possibility of change. God wants to speak to you. He wants to bring good changes in our lives, doesn't he? And let's face it, we all need to change. Is anyone else, anyone here that really is so perfect they don't need to change? I've got my hand down. I better see. No, 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 no. So hey, I want to talk to you about that. How that happens and why it happens. We've had we've had two great messages about God speaks and. Uh, Pastor Ruth brought that great message about turn the light on. When God speaks, he turns the light on. When you speak, you can turn the light on in people's lives, or you may not. Depends what you say to people. You know, we've all received, someone said something to us, and the light's gone out. Oh, boy. Wow. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But when you speak as a son and daughter of the living God, you can turn the light on in every situation. I love the stories that you told, Ruth, and about the finding the $50 note in the seat. I've been looking everywhere. <laughs> Pulled all the cushions out. Nothing, nothing. You're a blessed family. <laughs> Those stories were great. And then Howie. Howie brought that great word about, about stewarding. If God speaks to you, we need to hang on to what God has said, yeah? That we don't let it go. Man, if God, if, if God has spoken something to you, and, and as, we, as Pastor Ruth shared, it was, it, sometimes he speaks through the Bible to us and through prophecy and through experiences and through songs and, and, and through what other people say. Uh, and through visions and dreams, all those sorts of things. But when God speaks to you, hang on to it. Pastor Howie really brought that word to us. Don't 
Let it, don't limit God. Hallelujah. Don't limit God. So, so there we go. And, and so today, I want us to, to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. It's going to come up on the screen. And, and, but um, if you've got your Bibles, you can look to it there. Isaiah chapter 6. And we, here is a time where the prophet Isaiah hears God speak to him, and it changes the direction of his life. Something happens to this man, and things change from when he hears the voice of God. And I want to encourage you to get into a place where you can hear God speak into your life. You see, this is what this is what it is. So here it comes. Here comes the scripture. Here we go. Can we have Isaiah 6 up, please? Here it is. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2. Verse 2. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. These are created beings similar to angels, but not angels, different. They are seraphim. The word seraphim means the burning ones or the fiery ones. Yeah. Next verse. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hallelujah. Verse 4. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Verse 5. Woe to me, I cried. This is Isaiah. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Verse 7. With it he touched my mouth, and he said, See? This has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Then, then, when, then. Then I heard the Lord speak. When? Then. After the preceding things had happened, then I heard the voice. Not before. We talk about that. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Here's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit conversing. Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? And this man heard the voice of the Lord. And Isaiah says, I said, Here am I. Send me. See, there's a response. When you hear God speak to you, there is an immediate response in our hearts. But sometimes we need to go through the when before we have the power to respond to the sin. Next verse. And he said, go and tell this people. When we hear God speak to us in this sort of way, most often it is go. Be ever 
tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. You see, the people are blind. They don't know which way to turn. They're like the people of Nineveh in the book of Jonah. They, they don't know their left hand from their right. They can't see the truth. And God said, those people I'm sending you to. Hallelujah. Let's think about the things that we've read here this morning. God wants to speak to you. Oftentimes, he just speaks to us through creation. He speaks words of encouragement and blessing to us. But every so often, he has that life-changing word to speak to us. There are times when we are seeking God and we don't know which direction to go or we need confirmation about the direction we're feeling and we need that word from God. And God wants to speak a life-changing word into every one of us that will change the circumstances of our life and change our direction and help us to have the courage to move into all that God has for us. And over the years, it's been my joy for the big major decisions that I sought God and said, God, what am I to do? And this clear as clear, God has spoken. And in that speaking and in that hearing, there comes the faith to do it. To do it. Isaiah comes into God's presence. If you and I want to hear from God, we need to get close to God, yeah? And come, allow ourselves the time to come into his presence, to set aside that time to hear. This morning, you've set aside the time to come. This is a place to hear. Every Sunday, I set aside Sunday morning to hear, to come into the Lord's presence. And you and I need to do the same. This is our place where we can hear from God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says, So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there. Where? In his place. Samuel had a place where he could hear from God. You have a place. Jesus said, go and shut the door and find a place where you can be alone with God. It may be as you walk the beach, but you need to find a place. Hallelujah. And for me, I have a place. I shut the door of my room. Hallelujah. Because I don't want to be distracted if God's going to speak to me and I want to speak to him. Sunday morning is like that. Dedicate the day, the first day of the first week, the first hours, to come and stand in his presence and to hear the word of the Lord. He comes into this atmosphere of worship. The seraphim are there, these creatures that are worshiping God. And he finds this place of worship. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of the Lord moves in the place of worship. Elijah said, bring me a minstrel so I can hear what God is saying. And so we find ourselves, when our hearts begin to open and worship and in praise, it's that time that God can often speak to us. The thing is that when we first come and we choose to come into the presence of God, often when God's presence comes very 
real to us. It's a bit like Isaiah felt. God came. God, the creator of heaven and earth. We come into his presence and sometimes in that presence we become vividly aware of our own need of Jesus. Of our own need. He says, woe is me. God, don't come too close. I'm a man of unclean lips. I, I, I haven't got it all together. I, I, and, and the holiness of God is exposed and we are exposed to that holiness. And the first thing often we can feel is, oh, wow, God, I'm so, I'm so in need. I, I, I need to change. I, I, I can't do this by myself. I can't do it your way by myself. I, I'm a needy man. I'm a needy woman. And Isaiah felt like that. He said, I've seen the Lord. Now, the understanding in Old Testament times was if you saw the Lord, you were a dead man or a woman. Praise God, we're in the new covenant. Amen. And so he was filled with this, I've seen the Lord. I'm finished. But we notice what happens. Can I have the verses up again, please? I need to go about verse three or four. Can I have those ones up where he's saying, woe is me? for I'm unclean. Just throw them up and go through them. We'll get there. But you see, he, is, he feels this. You might feel that. We, we suddenly feel, wow, God. Keep, keep going. Next one. Verse five. Verse five. Woe to me. Have you ever felt like this in the presence of God? I have. My eyes have seen the king. Let's look, look at the next verse. One of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar. Immediately he becomes aware of his need. God moves to reassure him of his forgiveness and of his place. God doesn't leave us in the place of guilt and of condemnation. Sometimes we are afraid to come into the presence of God because we know we haven't got it all together. And when we do come, we do feel the sense of unworthiness. But immediately, God assures us. Next verse, verse 7. He touched my mouth. said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. We are not created to live in a state of guilt or of condemnation. Jesus has set us free. Hallelujah. And your sin is atoned for. Unless we hear that word, we'll never hear the next word. Unless we come and hear and deepen our spirits that Jesus has atoned for our sin and paid for our sin on the cross, hallelujah, that we don't have to pay for it. We can't pay for it. It's already paid. Our sin has been atoned for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And immediately, God will not leave you. When you come close to him, he'll not leave you in this place of uncertainty. He will bring assurance of your forgiveness and of your atonement. Hallelujah. And yet now, he's preparing you to hear the next word. And he takes this coal and touches lips. You see, when we come into the presence of God... He touched Isaiah. He brought the coal from off the altar, the fire of God. And he touches him in the place that he needs help with. 
And when we come into the presence of the Lord, often we know that we need help. (laughs) But the fire of God is there to help us. Hallelujah. And this man gets touched right in the area of his need in the presence of a holy God. Hallelujah. And it changes him. And his lips become anointed and touched so that he can fulfill his destiny in God. God wants to do the same for you and I. Speaks into our lives. Let me talk to you about the fire of God. You say, I don't want to hear about the fire of God, but you're going to. The seraphim brings a a live coal, a burning coal from the altar of incense. You may say, I don't like this fire bit. No, I don't either. Is it scary? Used to be for me. Used to be scary. If it's the fire thing, Lord, I'll take the rest, but leave the fire. John the Baptist, there's a scripture coming up in Matthew chapter 3, if I could have that scripture, please. John the Baptist, in announcing the arrival of Jesus, he says this about Jesus. It'll come up in a minute. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. There we go. Can we get that? It says there, he will baptize you. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, for years I've said, Lord, thank you for the baptism and the Holy Spirit, but if you don't mind, I'll give the fire a miss. I'm not sure about the fire bit. And the reason I've thought that is because I've had a wrong concept of what the fire of God is in our lives. And he goes on to say, after me, I'm not worthy to carry. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The next verse, watch this. It talks about the end of the age, verse 12. And this is what he said about Jesus. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning, there it is again, I don't like that bit, burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I noted this week that it was only the chaff that was burned and the wheat was gathered. The good was gathered. You see, the fire of God is not a destructive fire. It's a liberating fire. The wicked part of the, of the earth was destroyed by the fire. It couldn't go on into glory. The fire didn't touch the good. When gold is taken into the fire, the only thing that is affected is the dirt and the rubbish. And it separates it from the gold. Hallelujah. Or the gold might melt a bit, but that's not a bad thing for us, is it? Maybe we need a little bit of melting sometimes. The fire of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire. The only thing the fire did, it never touched them. All it did was break the bondages that were holding them. And this is what God wants to do for us as we come into his presence. Hallelujah.
The fire of God is different from ordinary fire. The fire of God is a pure fire. Moses found a burning bush. The only thing about it, the fire was different. The fire did not consume the bush. And when Moses came aside to see what this thing was, he found that the fire enveloped the presence of God. And when he stopped in that presence, he heard God speak and the direction of his life was never the same. He changed Because the fire of God is a pure fire. It's a beautiful fire. It does the work of God in us. It's not a destructive fire. It's a liberating fire. Hallelujah. It's a thing that sets us free. You see, the fire of God brings change. I know one thing about myself. I need times to change. I need to be able to shift from where I am to where God wants me to be. In my inside, in my inner being. Some of us have struggled for years. And the same things are repeated again and again and again. And we've never won those battles. And it takes the fire of God to bring the change. And we don't need to be afraid of it and stand back from God's presence. We need to make ourselves available. Hallelujah. To that fire. Yes. You see, fire changes things. Barbecue time. Time to get out the big steaks. Lovely, juicy steak fillet. I steak, yes, please. Stick it on the barbecue. The lump of steak, unprepared and uncooked, has no great flavor and isn't very nice. So what do we do with it? We stick it on the fire. We put it on the fire. What does the fire do? It changes it. It changes the inner structure. The molecules of that meat rearrange themselves and before long it's sizzling. Sorry to do this before lunch. Before long it's sizzling and the flavor is starting to come and to think, oh my goodness, this steak is going to be fantastic. But it won't be unless it goes on the fire And the flavor won't change unless it's touched by the fire. And I'm the same. Unless God touches me, I don't have his flavor. Unless he changes me on the inside, I struggled to be what God wants me to be. The cake mix in the mixing bowl is pretty sloppy and without much form. And then what's going to happen? Needs some fire. Stick it in the oven. Put it in the oven. So it goes into the oven and the fire begins what? It begins to rearrange the molecules or rearrange the inside. 
and it begins to change. And it comes out as a beautiful cake with flavour, something that is different. Yeah? If you're anything like me, you know you should change. You know you ought to be able to overcome some of these things. You know you need to hear God speak to you, but sometimes these things keep us away from God's presence. We need to be able to change deep within ourselves. We need the fire of God. That fire, his fire, will not be destructive. It's not something that we should fear. It is a pure fire. It is a cleansing fire. It is a liberating fire. In the Old Testament, the fire is found on the altar. In the olden days, they used to build altars, brick stones together, stick some wood on the top, stick the sacrifice on the top, and then fire it up. God calls us to be living sacrifices. Pastor Paul read it this morning. To be living sacrifice. The only trouble with the living sacrifice is that the jolly thing, when we are the living sacrifice, when the fire gets a bit hot, we can crawl off and say, that's going to be enough, Lord, and I don't want any more of that. And we have to make ourselves available in God's presence so that the fire of God can touch us. And the interesting thing, in the olden days, like times when Elijah called down fire from heaven, the fire came down on the altar. If the sacrifice is not on the altar, it won't be touched by the fire of God. There's times in my life where I've been very happy, saying, I don't know, I'll stand beside the altar over here. I'll watch <laughs> what is going on, but don't ask me to get on the altar. There comes a time God wants to speak to us and change us and help us come into a new place with him that we've not known up till now. He says, come on, son. Get on the altar. I want to change you. I'm not going to destroy you. I'm not going to to be destructive for you. I'm going to liberate you. Hallelujah. I'm going to change the things that you can't change. Then I want to speak to you and give you a direction and grant to you an impartation of my spirit that you've never known before will change the direction of your life. In the day of Pentecost, Jesus had died on the cross and the disciples, knowing that they need to change, are together in an upper room and praying. And it says that the Spirit of God came and and there was a sound of a a, a mighty wind and, and, and there were tongues of fire. It says they were shut away in the room for fear of the Jews. They locked the doors and they were shut away for fear of the Jews. Then the Holy Spirit came. And one of the things that happened, there were tongues of fire. That fire 
didn't destroy them. That fire changed them on the inside. That fire was pure and lovely and brought change and fired them up. And the next thing you hear, they're out on the streets preaching the word and speaking the glorious things of God. Great boldness came upon them. Great change came upon them. And the church was born, hallelujah, out of the fire. Hallelujah. They were changed. And friends of our churches are going to be uh, impacting our society. Something has to happen in me. Something has to happen in you. We don't just do same old, same old and live defeated. But we are overcomers in the name of the Lord. We are created to overcome. But sometimes we need to get on the altar if we're going to hear God speak to us. Can you receive this this morning? Then he says, so he, the, 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 the fire touches his lips, Isaiah. And he says, then, then, when, then. After the fire had touched him and changed something deep inside him, then he heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And because he had been in this atmosphere of worship, because he allowed the fire of God to touch him, he was able to respond, here am I. Send me, Lord, I'm available. I'll go. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll go. I'm available. I don't want to live just for myself anymore. I don't want to just live a miserable small life when I serve an unlimited God. Hallelujah. He wants to clothe us with power from on high. But it comes after the fire has touched us and changed us. He speaks, God speaks this word. Hallelujah. Then I heard the voice, who will go? You see, unless we allow God to touch and change us and liberate us from the fears and the timidity and the uncertainty that plagues our life and the problems that we've never overcome. Even if we heard the voice of God, we'd be too distracted in our lives to, to go. We're too distracted. Sometimes God speaks and we don't hear it. We haven't stewarded even the things that God spoke to us in the past. Become too distracted, we're too busy, we're too opinionated. Too unclean, too many cares, too motivated by money, too tied up with wrong relationships. So we do not come too close to God and certainly we keep a good distance from the altar and the fire. Who will go for us? Who will go and visit that person who's struggling? Who will go for me? Who will go and visit that person in hospital? Who will go for me? Who will give that money to that family in need in my name? Who will make a meal 
for the person in need. Who will have the courage to go and do something to trust God that they've never done before? To go and pray for someone who needs prayer. To go and stand. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? The church needs to hear it again. Because we can't just keep living to our own selfish selves and expect God to do great things if we're all so busy and tied up with us. People, hear my heart today. The fire of God will not hurt you. It will help you. Jesus loves you. You're all he's got in your family. You're all he's got in your community. Beholding him, we are changed. Where are we changed? In his presence, on the altar. Today, I invite you to come close to God. Invite you to stand in his presence and become aware that without his touch, you'll never be any different. You'll still keep losing your cool. You'll still keep misunderstanding people. You'll still keep doing dumb things. Receive the grace and assurance that your sin is forgiven. The atonement's already been paid, hallelujah. It's already done. You're in, you're in good shape. You're in good, you're in good hands. He loves you. Amen. Amen. Jesus has already opened the way. I wrote down here, get to the altar and allow the fire of God to change me on the inside. I wrote down here, I don't want to be a raw lump of meat with no flavour and no taste and just being ugly in life. I don't want to be a half-baked cake that nobody wants. And Jesus wants us not to be half-baked about him and about our walk with him. then we can hear his voice. Not only that, you'll have the grace to say, I'm available, Lord. Here am I. Send me. I'm a school teacher. Here's your homework. I want you, would you? I'm asking you. This week, Somewhere in your week, would you plan to go to your place with God and deliberately not stand at the side of the altar but say, Lord, I am going to be a living sacrifice and I'm going to get on the altar and I give you permission to touch my life and change me. Amen.
somewhere this week, sometime, would you put it in your diary and, and, and get alone with God and say, God, change me. God, let your fire come on this altar and do the changes that you've longed to do for years. But I fought you off and when it got hot, I got off the altar. But this week, would you find time to do that? And let God do something beautiful in your life, something that you've always longed for but you never got there. This community needs you and I on fire for him. 